Blog Talk Radio. Just talking with Owen Kadash Gilmore. This is just talking, getting your chance to hear the voices that we don't usually hear on corporate media. Hearing your voice reflected back to you and thoughts and ideas to change your life and your community. Just talking with Reverend Dr. Owen Prakash Gilmore. Welcome to Just Talking. We are going to read you a short story for your enjoyment and then open up the phones for you to call in. If you are a night owl and want to shoot the shit, let's hang out from 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. or longer Thursday mornings. The call-in number is 516-453-9475. I look forward to hearing from you. Greeting, folks. We are here. We are actually here late, coming in and starting the show late, since we usually have the show listened to as a podcast, and most people don't call in or listen in real time. I don't think it will make that much of a difference. It wasn't my intention to be late, but... I was engaged in other things like reading stories that I had written from a great and wonderful book that you might want to look at called Life Among the Stars. Life Among the Stars by Om Prakash Gilmore, and you can find it at Amazon.com. So now we'll be reading from another short story, future story. The title of the story is, I Was a Robot. Amazing. By Om Prakash John Gilmore. So here we go. I love to listen to the sounds of silence sometimes. So at 3 a.m. I sit on the back porch and look up at the stars. We don't have that much humidity here. The days are hot and every evening the temperature drops to almost 60 degrees. The sky is cloudless at night. Millions of stars and planets stand out against the darkness and every so often we get a chance to see that beautiful full moon. But the full moon isn't for everyone, is it? I look at my subject and lean back in my chair. Of course, the full moon is for everyone. Why would you say that? Because everyone can't enjoy the full moon, can they? Take you, for instance, I pointed. You can't enjoy the full moon. You're just a robot. I'm not a robot. I am an artificial life form. Same thing, I said. She looked hurt for a moment. I was quite surprised, but the look disappeared quickly. She hid it well 
so she did have feelings. I sat there quietly, avoiding eye contact for a few moments, as if I'll start that over again, that line. So she did have feelings. She sat there quietly, avoiding eye contact for a few moments, as if in an emotional quandary. It looked as though she was struggling to gather herself. I just sat watching. That was my job. My job was to be as offensive as I could with the new top of the line ALFs before they could get let loose on society. They were supposed to be programmed to experience emotion. This one was supposed to be a teacher. She looked teacherly, if there is such a thing. Black hair and long braids gathered into a ponytail at the back. She had on glasses she didn't have to wear. Red lipstick covering her forelips, attractive, if you really looked. But not really, standing out making her look like a modest, attractive, dark-skinned woman. After a few moments, she looked up at me again. I assure you, I know what the beauty of a moon feels like, and I can appreciate it. I think you should be less harsh with your judgments. If your intention to hurt me or others, you have such a gift when it comes to communicating, I'm sorry that you don't use it to uplift people instead of put them down. I arch my brows. She tilted her head slightly to the side. I'm sorry, I found myself saying. She knocked the rude right out of me for a second or two. That was good. So tell me what you experienced. While looking at the moon, I said, shifting my attack line, she looked up. It's hard to tell. She looked back at me. A feeling of wonder, a feeling of fullness, yet she looked up at it again. She looked back at me. Loneliness and longing. It makes me feel like there's so much more that I will ever have access to by bringing whatever that is so close that I can sense it. How do you sense it? You're a robot, my friend. You can't sense anything. Maybe your batteries are wearing down or, oh, shut up with your testing. Can you be serious? I assure you, I am serious. She stood and walked out. That was interesting. I picked up my notepad from the ground next to my chair and typed in a few notes. I looked at. She was coming back with something that looked like a boom. She stepped on the bottom and snapped the stick off. This was something I hadn't expected. She walked towards me, rapidly drew back, and I hit the emergency switch. She collapsed to the ground. Michelle, my team leader, rushed out. She grinned. Looks like she's going to brain you with a stick, eh? She laughed to herself. I didn't think it was funny. I just glared at her. She smiled even more. I, I'm so sorry. I just... Didn't expect this from, what's her name? We haven't given her a name. I said, how about Lizzie Borden? Not quite. She didn't have an ax, Michelle said before cracking out. I laughed along with her. I'm going to wake her up again, Michelle said. Whoa, is she all right? She should be reset by now. I stepped back a couple of steps. Okay. 
Wake Lizzie up. Miffy, she shook her head. I can't believe you. She hit a few buttons and the ALF opened her eyes. She looked calm as before. So how are you, Lizzie? Michelle asked with a grin. I'm doing well, Michelle. What happened? We were doing an experiment and you lost control. You took that stick there and was about to crack Justin's head. Really? I can't remember that. He's so nice, except for his experiments. She looked at me angrily. But remember, he's saying things just to help with the experiment. It's nothing personal. He just wants to prepare you for the world out there where it could be dangerous to lose control. Of course, I understand. I'm just sorry that I lost control the way I did. Can you forgive me, Justin? Of course, Lizzie. What is this Lizzie? Just a new name we thought of for you, I said. She got up and brushed herself off. Come with me, Lizzie. I have a few adjustments, okay? Michelle said. She picked up the stick. Of course, Michelle. They both headed back to the house. I sat on my chair again, picked up my pad, and started to take notes. The shift to anger and from there to violence was very fast. It was scary, actually, because she was going to sneak up on me and bash my head in. She wasn't able to articulate her anger in an acceptable way, so she went from slightly annoyed to violent. That wouldn't work. How could we let her or the others are in production, lose on the world if she was that dangerous? I began to wonder if it was possible. Many people had warned us against giving ALS emotions. They said that with their speed, strength, and agility, they would be dangerous and could become uncontrollable. We didn't listen, of course. For the sake of science, we pressed forward. Even so, somewhere in the back of my mind, I wondered if we were like Victor Frankenstein creating a monster that we couldn't control. What would happen in the future? because of what we were doing now. Humans were rude and annoying. They would especially be rude to ALFs. You couldn't have the ALFs batting people in the head with sticks, especially small children or teenagers in a classroom. I often wanted to bat them in the head with sticks, and I had a lot of patience. Imagine an ALF who had none. I put the pad down again and leaned back in my seat. I started to look at the stars again. Things were quiet, very quiet. I wondered how things were going with Michelle and Lizzie. I let that go and just started to relax and let myself be absorbed into my surroundings. At that moment, I heard a scream coming from the house. I opened the picture window and stepped into the rear entryway. I looked through the kitchen and dining room into the living room and saw Michelle running out the front door and pulling it closed behind her. Lizzie went rushing into the room after her with that stick in her hand again. She stood there looking confused for a few moments when she didn't see her. She turned to me. Our eyes met. What are you doing, robot? I asked calmly. She drew back to hurl the stick at me and I ran. 
It flew past my head like a spear. I pulled the door closed and ran to the backyard, picked up my pad, and kept running. I could hear her crashing right through the picture window, running right after me at full speed. I charged toward the fence and leapt over, passing an electric eye on top of the fence. A large electronic net fell down, covering the whole backyard and trapping her inside. The charge scrambled her circuits and made her immobile. People came rushing in from all sides. Well, Justin, Ben, our lab assistant said, looks like another failure. I would say so, I responded. I'm getting too old for this. Maybe we need to stop this. Not on your life, Michelle said, cutting in on the conversation. This one was close. It almost worked. We might as well let on. It did work, Ben said. Congratulations, Justin. You passed. The way you handled that was impeccable. What do you mean, I asked. Michelle just smiled. You've done it. You've shown us the ALS with emotions can truly handle themselves without losing control. She totally flipped out. What do you mean? She was programmed to do that, Michelle said. What? I looked at her hard. I looked at both of them as a crowd of scientists gathered around me to congratulate me. She was programmed to do that, Ben said. Don't you realize? He looked at Michelle. I guess he doesn't. What are you talking about? You're the ALF being tested, Justin, Michelle said. We programmed you not to remember and implanted false memories into you so the experiment would be more reliable. She put a hand on my shoulder. You were the one being tested, and you came through with flying colors. They all started clapping and congratulating me. You're the first tester to come online, Michelle said with a grin. I was just speechless. I brought my hand to my chest. I was a robot. Amazing. And that is the end of the story. If you like this story, you can go visit us at vocal.media. Leave a tip if you would like to help support the station and to help make this great hobby into a great profession. If you want to keep us on the air, just go to vocal.media and read some of our stories. Pass them on, so we can be monetized and make a little money. It won't cost you a thing and will help us build the community that we want, the community that you, want. Call in and make it a night to remember. This is a fun time for us all. Okay, we're going to be on for a few moments. I have to just speak for myself. I am totally exhausted right now. So if there's not a call in about three to five minutes, I am going to go to bed. There are things that all of us need to do. And these things involve living in the now, caring for the people you love, 
and most of all, caring for yourself. Believe it or not, it has taken me more than 60 years to learn the last thing, to learn how to care for myself. When it takes you that long, the thing is, once you learn it, it never goes away. So by leaving after three or four minutes, if there are no calls in, is basically my new attitude for self-care. The world is a harmful place. It is painful and it is frightening sometimes. While we're in this place and while we're living in a world, we have to struggle in order to find things to do and find the things that connect with not only our heads but with our hearts. At Blog Talk Radio, Practical Spirituality, we provide some programming that can help all of us connect with our heads and with our hearts. And I think one of the best examples that I am giving at this time about self-care is taking care of myself. And so I thank you for being with us tonight. Look forward to hearing from us. Not next week. We are going to be taking a little break next week, but the following week. If you haven't heard any of the other stories, I suggest that next week, instead of hearing a new story, you can just go to vocal.media or go to one of our archive shows and you can listen to the story that was read before if you missed it. I'm hoping that you have a great day today and that you will be able not only to learn from these short stories, but to share stories like these with your friends, with your family, and with your loved ones. Just Talking with Om Prakash Gilmore. This is Just Talking, getting your chance to hear the voices that we don't usually hear on corporate media. Hearing your words reflected back to you and thoughts and ideas to change your life and your community. Just talking with Reverend Dr. Owen Prakash Gilmore.